0: Welcome to Jags Drive Time with Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now.
1: Oh yeah,
2: yeah. Just the way he—I think you can always tell the way um, a coach communicates with a, with a quarterback. You know, they because he's been in my shoes. So, um, quarterback's an interesting position. It's not a big rah rah. You know, chew somebody out. I mean, some. You know, you have some coaches that are like that, but. Uh, for me, that's just not what—that's just not what I need. I can have a conversation, and, and Coach Pearson's great about that. In every play, he gives you a piece of feedback that another coach might not give you, just because he knows what it's like, and it's something little that he might see that someone else doesn't see. So, having the head coach be able to step in—even today, a couple times, three or four times after a play—he'll come over and give me a little, give me a little tip or whatever, and just having a head coach that can do that and really, really knows what he's talking about is, is cool.
3: Head coach Doug Peterson and quarterback Trevor Lawrence working together on the field the first day of OTAs yesterday, second day today, and and that's something that Trevor Lawrence talked a lot about when Coach Peterson was hired, that this guy gets it, he played the position now, we're kind of seeing that come to life on the field. Welcome into Jaguars Drive Time, Ashlyn Sullivan, Brian Sexton, and John Ozier here with you recapping day one of OTAs. We have some things to talk about, John will say, not a lot, because... It was a little boring at times. But moments. we have some highlights.
1: Um before we go to the highlights, I was trying when we when we recorded uh, Jaguars Reporters yesterday yep. to put to words the um how I felt watching Trevor yesterday. And and I know that he's still a young player, but there was a veteran aura presence mm-hmm. about him and just the way that he conducted himself. And I, it's not something where you can check off a list, you know, his, his posture, any of that stuff. It, it's just the way that he went about his business and the way that he interacted with the coaching staff, he felt like a much more veteran player than you would expect. And, uh, John, I think that makes sense because last year he was a much more veteran player in his first year
0: Yeah, he's than we'd expect. He's so talented. He makes different throws than the other guys do. And I'm not putting a knock on C.J. Beathard or or Perry. But when Trevor goes uh, back to pass, his passes usually go 15, 20 yards more downfield because he's seeing it. He has the arm to uh, make that throw. Uh, and, it, you know, I kind of laughed at the, at the outset with Trevor's quote that uh, Doug's walked in his shoes. I think Doug would laugh, too, and say, well, you know, uh, yeah. I didn't walk in starter's shoes. But <laughs> okay. but he does speak the same language. And uh, I think for a young quarterback, you know, there was all the talk all season about who they should have hired. You know, there was Byron. There was this. There was this. Um, has it felt for a second since Doug Peterson was hired that he's not the right guy? No. Um and maybe some of it's uh the press conference, some you know, and, and when Trevor started talking about it yesterday, the quarterback language they both speak, the development of the young quarterback, uh boy, I, I knew it before, but it just stood out. And two or three things of practice where Doug in Doug's way can go over and say, Hey, on this the safety moved. Mm-hmm. You saw that, right? You know, and coolly he does it, but I I I can't help but think this is the right guy, and Trevor's here.
3: Absolutely, and we got asked the question, okay, well, why was Trevor so impressive in an OTA practice? And it is, it is hard to describe how different he is. I think just the way he carries himself, and that's not to say he didn't last year, because last year we were saying the same thing. Wow, how impressive is this guy? But the the difference is drastic, but and it's hard it's to describe. It's been
0: his team since he got here. Sure. But everybody who watches this, except somebody on the street who's never had a job, um, <laughs> We'll tell you, your first year in a job, it doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how well-prepared you are. It doesn't matter if you're the starter. Your first year in a job, there are things you don't know and things you don't expect. Once OTA started, all of a sudden Trevor could walk in and go, oh, I've seen this before. Yeah. And even if he doesn't verbalize it, it's there. He knows now that he doesn't have to prove to people he's the guy. Everybody on the team knows he's the guy. They, they knew it last year, but the second-year guy, it feels different.
1: i just say this. We knew last year that he was transcendent as a rookie in terms of how he handled the media, how he handled the situations around the team. We've learned since then exactly what he went through and how it went for him last year. For him to finish as strong as he did and go through that, well, it's not a surprise that he's starting strong here, too.
3: Mm-hmm. And not to mention, I've, I almost forget last year at this point that he was in a quarterback Battle. Do we recall that? That <laughs> yes. battle that went on for a couple months? right? Yeah. Mania. <laughs> Mania. Let's get into big things. Big thing one is Travis is back, running back Travis Etienne, back on the football field for the first time since last preseason when he had that Liz Frank injury. And that injury was so severe that we couldn't help but have the questions, will he ever get back on the field? And what will he look like when he does? So very exciting to see him back. And now, Coach Doug Peterson has a good problem of a couple running backs and trying to find them in the rotation.
4: You know, be cleared for for everything. He's been doing really well through the whole offseason program and and uh you know we're, we're still gonna monitor, you know, and make sure that he's he's hundred percent. We don't wanna have any setbacks at this this stage. But he's been doing really good and, and obviously getting Snoop, you know, caught up to speed and, and rocking the guys, you know, and, and it's just it's just a matter of this is the time to let these guys play a little bit you know to see um see exactly what you what you have going into camp
3: big thing too is defensive line improvements if there was a winner of OTAs yesterday it was the defensive line bringing a lot of intensity a couple sacks a couple pass breakups and you could just tell they were very happy to be on the field together especially some of the new guys like free agent fuller Fatakasi, who was in the starting lineup and Christian Kirk didn't exactly mind their loudness
2: Oh no, it definitely helps, uh, especially during OTAs. Uh, you know, it can be easy because you know we're we're not working towards the game on Sunday, so uh, it can be easy to come out here and be a little lax. But uh, for each side, holding each other accounta- accountable, energy-wise, getting the competitive juices going. You know, we're we're professionals, so it takes you know one raw raw play, and, and we are ready to go.
3: And big thing three is offensive line evaluation. What we can tell in this period where you can't tell a lot is where the offensive line is lining up walker little was at left tackle yesterday but that was because cam robinson was not at practice ben Barts was at left guard tyler shatley getting starting center reps so now is the time where ourselves and coach peterson will pay extra attention to that
4: it's hard you know because these guys are protecting each other so it's it's full speed but at the same time we're not you know we don't have pads on right just helmets and um it's it's hard but you can you can kind of see how Guys are retaining information, uh, the subtle adjustments that the O-line and D-line are making in a uh, live, you know, uh, action against each other. Um, you really can't fully dive into it probably until training camp when, when, the, when you can really hit and the pads come on. But, you know, this is good, too, from the standpoint of just executing um, our plays, offensively and defensively, and I, I think getting some good um, evaluations that way with just how well these guys are retaining information.
3: And there you have it. That was our big thing. Let's go back up to big thing one. I think it's most notable of yesterday, Travis Etienne back on the field, something we've been waiting a long time for. We mentioned it on the Reporter podcast yesterday that it got to the point where this is a first-round draft pick, and you almost sadly forgot about him last year because we just didn't see a lot of him. And now you have this weapon that you didn't see at all last year.
1: Yeah, I mean we- – he got hurt pretty early in the process, too. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like we had a full run through the preseason to get a look at him. Um, we didn't, I didn't, see anything yesterday that made me go, oh, right? Because I didn't expect him to do that, ex- other than the fact that they didn't hold back. It didn't look like there was a bubble around him. He was running between the tackles. He was working all of the drills. Um, I, you know, you heard Doug say, this is where you monitor him. You make sure that he's able to go the next day that you're on the field and that you're not pushing too hard through this, but get him back into some football shape and get him into a position where you've got him during training camp. But so far, considering the injury he had, John, and and what we Mm -hmm. know about that injury and what it's done to other
0: running backs that we've covered, um, it's a good sign. Well, it's perfectly understandable that that people forgot about him. In the NFL, when you're hurt, you're not part of the team. I mean, it's it's a cruel business that way, but uh, every player you talk to, talks about that feeling of loss when they're not a part of it. Um, You know, I get what we do is talk, so we have to talk about this. He'd been cleared quite a while back. This is the first time we've seen him. Um, I was glad to see him not favoring anything. Mm -hmm. It didn't look like there was anything wrong. Uh, I think with that, with the offensive line, with everything, the reality is once training camp comes on and and you're having to go every day – I don't expect them to rest Travis during OTAs. It'll be interesting during training camp when there's some contact, when he uh, runs through a hole and he's hit and there's some strain on that foot. Strain is what I do when I do this, not a lean. Yep, you um, look like you're straining. And, you know, I, I think that'll be the tell is when he has to start putting NFL-type pressure on that foot. So far, so good, that's all you can ask right now. Well, and he's the
1: explosive guy, so he's going to put the foot in the ground and pew, go, yep. right? Uh pew. Pew, pew. <laughs> That's what you do when you go. That's fast, baby. And go. (laughs) Uh, And we didn't see that yesterday, and we won't see that until maybe a preseason game where you're able to legitimately see him put that in the ground and explode.
3: Mm -hmm. James Robinson working off to the side yesterday, but present as well as Jamal Agnew really involved in kick returner drills. So you see those guys working back, and we can expect both of them for training camp as well.
0: Well, I gotta- I, 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 I'm, I'm miffed about this whole theme that the defensive line had this great day yesterday. They
3: did. It, why, it, why do you think they did not?
0: Because it's, it, even Trevor said it. There's a certain pace you play at in OTAs. Yeah. Um, and they I, notched it up. I think bit. it was clear that the That's defensive okay. line kind of went after a little bit. I'll, I'll, I'll worry about the defensive of and offensive line. When there's pads on and they're going one on one in training games,
1: it's okay to knock it up it's, a bit. It's fine, uh, but but when you've got the um, when you've got the media who are reporting on it, who are making a big deal of it, then Trevor is right to point out, hey, you know, it's just tempo here, right? They're going a little harder, fine, but it wasn't like we were regressing, like they were drilling us. And, and that's the point. That I think I'm John worried about the pick, though,
0: Brian. I am, I am
1: worried about the interception. <laughs> no, I, I was at Publix yesterday, and a guy came up to me breathlessly wanting to talk about something he had read on social media, and I went, dude, relax. It's not a big deal. It's practice. And by the way, Devon Hamilton made a really good play. Yeah. So, so when you have a team working against each other, one guy makes a great play, one guy makes a bad play. I mean, it, it just happens that way. The media is going to focus on the quarterback, but nobody even really talked about the fact that Hamilton didn't have a good year last year. Nice to see
0: him make a play on OTAs. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think what was cool and what I took away from the defensive line is even without Trayvon Walker, who had a personal issue and he wasn't here, they when you start lining up that front with Lloyd, Allen, mm-hmm. and the guys they're bringing back, Smoot is a good, very, very good serviceable player. You add Walker to that. You add uh, the free agent, whose uh, whose uh, name I'm sure. Oh, the I can it. yeah, that guy. Um, I, you know, they certainly look far stouter mm-hmm. than they have since 2018. Well, and I wrote this yesterday in in the camp Servation, but I mean,
1: J. Tufele is the first guy I saw. Well, he was somebody for whom high expectations were set out when they drafted him, and right there next to him is Malcolm Brown, who's another guy who played in rotation, was a big first and second down contributor last year there's a lot of names of quality players along that defensive line Mm -hmm. so when we get to camp and they get into pass rush and full pads and we start looking at this group people are going to go wow they've got more talent more depth there than i remembered Mm -hmm. there are big guys in the middle who can contribute here
3: no, you Tufele all a is a s- guy you
1: were talking about forgotten, right? Yeah. Travis Etienne, Tufele was a guy who kind of fell down last year. Yeah, you all of a sudden
3: feel way better about this defensive line just from watching practice yesterday. Just seeing the names on the depth chart, it's just it's just frankly way more guys, yeah. bigger they bodies. They look like
0: they have the depth uh, to come at you in waves. Yeah. And uh, I don't think this is on our, our list to talk about, but Josh Allen talked after practice today. There are three or four of us uh, talking to him, and then after it's, it's sort of stopped, uh, he was asked about Trayvon Walker. And Josh Allen's a, a, a physically impressive human being, yeah. even for the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, he used the word freak to describe Trayvon Walker. Yeah. And uh, there was some giddiness when Josh <laughs> talked about Trayvon. Obviously, he Josh understands as well as anybody, there are things a rookie has to do. But uh, Josh Allen has pretty long arms, yeah. and all he could talk about was... Trayvon's arm length and and his potential and his ability. Uh, he thinks the kid's going to be really, really good. Well, he's got enormous hands at the end of those
1: 35-inch arms. Yep. I mean, it's it's amazing what he can do next to a Josh Allen if they put him in the right spot.
3: Mm-hmm. Real quick before we go to break, because this was something I was watching yesterday with Caleb on chase on playing opposite Josh Allen. How do we think that works out in that rotation when Walker is back? Caleb on chase on a guy that was such a high draft pick and, we always ask, is he going to reach the potential of? Calabon's got to us? earn it.
0: I mean, yeah, yeah. uh, well, they put him in a position to do that. I really like Calevans. On. I've only talked to him via uh, social, I mean, uh, via uh, video conference. He's got talent. I I wonder if he's more of an off the ball guy than a pure pass rusher. I also, for his point of view, I think he'd be the first one to tell you because it, it's always been his approach. And I've heard him speak. He knows he's got to do better. Yeah. He knows he hasn't performed up to his draft status, but. From his point of view, you've got a new coordinator coming in. All history is clean. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they're going to look at this premium talent and say, hey, we don't want it,
1: well, but he's no. got to prove it. Well, And we all remember the Giants when they beat Tom Brady in that undefeated season. Mm-hmm. You know, They had Matthias Kaiwanuka rushing off the edge, and they were rolling in Justin Tuck. And you know, That was a great pass-rushing team. You can never have enough. Guy's a first-round talent. Uh, they've got to figure out a way to make it work, and and all you'll hear is, well, it's competition. Mm-hmm. We have competition. There's enough
0: snaps. But that's a real thing when you get a new staff now. No, totally.
1: Right. The, they, I mean, they're, they're looking at what he has or hasn't done, but more importantly, they're looking at what he's capable of and saying to themselves, we have to get it out of him.
3: Mm-hmm. Always good to have options. Without
1: a doubt. You're going to need a lot of pass rushers.
3: Yes, and that is big things when we come back. The biggest question going into OTAs from us here on the Jaguars Digital Network.
2: When you got a guy like Trevor, uh, it's not hard at all, you know, he's got all the tools um, athletically and to play that position, but, you know, as a person, you know, he's a great guy, he has a relationship with all the guys in the locker room, including us receivers, and the line of communication is open, and he just wants to be great, and uh, like I said, that's one of my goals, and, you know, being brought here is to help him develop and be the best that he can be as well.
3: My receiver, Christian Kirk, on how tough is it to get the timing down with a new quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, and he laughs and says, "Uh, not at all. Welcome back to Jaguars Drive Time. A guy like Christian Kirk is – everyone's very excited to see him on the football field, and we were watching Trevor and Christian walk out on the practice field together, and you just couldn't help but get a little giddy inside. That's a pair that we want to do really well here.
0: There were some nice catches I don't know if I was giddy, but I – You were giddy. You just don't want to admit it. Yeah, Um, I I was impressed – Again, I want to temper my impressiveness until training camp, but there were some moments. A uh, Christian Kirk, uh, because of the contract, because he hadn't put up incredible numbers in Arizona. There's so much talk about it. Was he worth this? That that uh, I hear really good things about his work ethic. I hear good things from people who are around him in Arizona about what he's going to be able to bring. Uh I think he's going to help this roster. Uh, he better for 18 million right but um you know and I think the speed and the quickness uh I don't know if he's a one Brian but I certainly think that he is a guy who in this group of receivers they've got is going to matter and is going to force defenses to account for him well I
1: don't know if he's a one either but he's going to be the one you know there's going to be that relationship between him and the quarterback in fact Trevor talked about playing golf with him on a regular yeah. basis so clearly they're working that angle you know what's interesting is people talk about how much money he was paid um, you know shortly after they paid him the 18 million a year the quarter the wide receiver market exploded and went up to 27 million dollars a year so is he overpaid well yeah but all free agents are are they paying top of the market No not anymore um, that's not going to change people's impression it's just an obvious fact that he is a highly paid receiver he's not the highest paid receiver. And I think that he will deliver in this offense. He's effortless as he moves. Mm -hmm. He really is. He's fun to watch. He's so athletic. And, And he knows where he's going and what he's doing. And Trevor alluded to that, that the way that he reads a defense was really important for Trevor's ability to develop that timing with him. Because it seems like they're on the same page. He sees what Kirk sees and vice versa.
3: Yeah, the overpaid thing annoys me. Not gonna lie. Well, that's why I brought it up. He's because not the
1: top of the market. If if well, he helps Flynn's this team, who cares? In her life, Brian. I am always so, overpaid. Yes. I have not. So
3: I'm team <laughs> yeah. overpaid. Right. But if he helps this wide receiver room, one, it's not your money, so why do you care? And two, if he makes the room better, how much? Yeah. If it costs that much, it costs that much. Well, but
0: they saw a guy they wanted, they went and yeah,
1: paid. Exactly. And I've talked to people in Arizona who say the guy's a really good football player. He was going to get paid. The Jaguars knew that it was going to cost something to get him so they went out and made sure they got him.
3: yes absolutely so we have a lot of questions going into this offseason and OTAs and we've delivered our, our top three but we probably have like 10 questions but our top three questions going in to this OTA season Brian what do you got for us
1: so where is Walker Little going to play because it's clear watching his feet yesterday that the guy is a very good athlete he's a big body with long arms You know, he's the thing that we saw last year watching him in pass rush drills. He is a very talented player, and he is one of your top five offensive linemen. I have no doubt about that. I don't know whether he's, you know, two or three. You figure it out. He's got to be on the field. He's one of your best five, so where's he going to play? I think he's your right tackle because I have said along that I believe that Juwan is going to be better playing inside. Now, it doesn't appear that they're moving Juwan inside. He didn't get any reps there, but if Cam Robinson's your left tackle, where is Walker Little going to play? He belongs on the field.
0: Yeah, I think he'll wind up playing right tackle. It it just sort of adds up. You drafted him last year. He's, he's a second-round pick. Juwan has struggled at times. Uh, and I agree with you. I think Walker Little is going to earn his way onto the field. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, again, there's a lot of consternation over this among observers. If you think about it, uh, Clearly, they made themselves better in the offseason offensive line. You bet. When you're talking about either Jawan Taylor, Walker Little, or Ben Bartsch won't start. Yeah. Um, And that's okay. All of a sudden, you've got real depth, real guys you can plug in. But I say that because Walker Little or uh, Jawan Taylor are going to start right guard. Maybe one of those two moves inside or you know, So you're going to have some some uh, legitimate depth on the offensive line. They've had it before, but it's probably the best it's been. And I
1: think it, it bears repeating again. Juwan Taylor said last year when he was asked, I'm a right tackle. I, Walker Little's feet are much better than Juwan Taylor's feet. And Juwan, take the money and go inside, <laughs> right? Because the guy who's starting at right guard right now is making $17.5 million, $17.9 million. Um, the money, the drop-off from tackle to guard money isn't what it used to be. Go play wherever they put you.
3: Yeah, and Walker Little playing at left tackle yesterday, but that's because Cam Robinson wasn't there. So curious, Correct. when Cam comes back, how that shifts things? Because it's going to be shifted. We'll obviously. Yeah,
0: Walker shift back to right tackle. Yep. yep. Um, mine, and I'll make this quick because we've already talked about wide receiver a lot with uh, Christian Kirk. A Christian Kirk a moment ago. Mine is: Can the wide receiver core believe what they believe it will be? Um, The Jaguars like this wide receiver group. It is the hot topic. It's going to be the hot topic until they produce. I do think that Christian Kirkson make a difference. I liked what I saw as Zay Jones in terms of his speed, his suddenness out of breaks. Um, Do they have that big body who's going to go down and win matchups? You know, I don't know. I think they're going to be better, uh, but I know Shlona has something to say because her question leads right into this as well.
3: It does, and it's a question I've been wondering for the past year and I go back, I watched this interview from two years ago when LaVisca Chenault was drafted, and we had Keenan McCardle on the show, and he was just so excited to get this guy. And we were so excited because we saw what he did in college and we saw the versatility. I'm just lost on when people ask, you know, will LaVisca Chenault play up to his level? I'm at the point where I say I don't know because, one, I don't know what he does best anymore because he was playing outside last year. He's not the guy that's going to take the top off the defense. Okay, does he go into the slot? Is he the guy that you go to on third down? I just don't know what he what his best attribute is anymore, and we're at the point this year where he has to show that, or else do that that second round draft pick that's what it's going to be held over his head is you never reach the second round draft pick.
1: Well, so watching Evan Ingram yesterday, who is a tight end, he to mm-hmm. me is that big body guy who can who can really run. Uh, he looks to me more like a receiver, and let's be honest, LaVisca doesn't beat press coverage off the line. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the speed to create separation he's more of a tight end yeah he's more of a guy that operates in a tight space and then turns and puts his body and and makes things happen you know with his legs and with his strength and his power so it's me and i'm being somewhat facetious here uh, I'd, i'd put wr next to engram and i'd put te next to chenault and i bet we'd like the results better
0: Yeah, I don't know that – I mean, again, I know you're facetious because I I don't know that LaVisca has the frame to quite be a tight end. But he's more of Um, an H-back than he is – Yeah, and I don't know that he has the speed in that spot. I'm not giving up on LaVisca because he he makes plays at times. I think his biggest task is he had a tough year last year in what everybody would tell you was a tough overall environment. He's going to have an opportunity go catch the ball in training camp. Mm-hmm. Go do what you can do and trust that this coaching staff will find a way for you to contribute. Um, he's a talented guy. Is he going to be second-round pick? Is he going to be, is it, is he gonna be starter, ex-receiver? I don't know. But I think he can contribute, and I think he needs to... I'm playing drugstore psychologist here, but he needs to worry about what he can control, <laughs> play as well as he can, and his, his talent will allow him to do that It felt last year like he got away from that a little bit. Understandably so because of the situation that everybody was in.
1: Well, since you bring up second round, I think a good comparison is A.J. Brown, who is now in Philadelphia. They were both taken in the second round. So if you're looking at him fitting some sort of a paradigm about what a second round receiver looks like, no. No, he's never going to meet up to that because he's not that kind of a receiver. Right. I do think that if... Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and Evan Ingram do what they were brought here to do, well, then there should be opportunities for him to get mismatches on linebackers, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. he should be able to win. And then we all watched him at Colorado and at times here hit the middle of the field and and make things happen with the ball. He is a catch and run. He's not a run-to-catch guy. So he he should have more opportunities with the speed that the other guys bring.
0: He can work the slot, and he can do that, and he can be physical against safeties where you feel uh concern for it is he's a physical r- receiver tackle breaking receiver um it's hard to make a living breaking tackles from linebackers in the nfl yeah. if he can get on the secondary and do that against those guys i think he can be productive
3: and these are the questions that haunt me and i'm glad we went over them <laughs> when we come back on jaguar's drive time some ozone snapshot here on the jaguar's digital network you will not believe what Daly's place has in store for you this year coming up are the likes of dave matthews band the black crows her keith urban and more for a full list of shows and to get tickets visit daly'splace.com. this
4: broadcast is ozone friendly
3: we are back jaguars drive time time for ozone snapshot we are going to sunroom couch steve what do you got for us well steve Could we just get a team that's relevant beyond October or November? Retweet, Uh, Steve.
0: Brian, we've been saying that for years. Um, I do think this team can get to relevance in October and November. I don't think it can get this year to uh, thrilling in in December. I think think realistically they're a step away from that. But uh, to me, this looks like a team that can compete. It looks like a team that if Trevor takes a step you will grow. Uh, to me, relevance being on the graphic. And that's it. If you can get on the graphic and keep interested until mid-December with this team, I think that's a huge step, and I think that's within reach. I don't think the playoffs are within reach. I go back to, to the 96 season. They were 4-7. and seven and they just started
1: getting things that fell their way, right? Uh, You know, a ball hits the upright and bounces in in Baltimore, and then Mike Hollis hits a long field goal in the rain to beat Cincinnati here, and Tony Brackens makes a a huge play to intercept uh, Rick Meyer against Seattle on a Sunday night. I mean, things just fell into place late in the year, and here, this year, it's on the quarterback. If he takes a big step forward and lifts the team with him, Well, then they can be in that relevant stage around Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Relevant, by the way, meaning they're competing for the seventh spot. I'm not talking about competing for the division. I'm talking about being on the graphic in December. Here are the top seven. Here are the also-rans. And and if they're just on the graphic, what what does that mean? Well, we're talking about games that mean something, which is what the gentleman on his couch is referring to. (laughs) I think we can get to that point in mid to late November, but again, the quarterback has to lift this team it's on him if he yeah. goes nuts if christian kirk is a big difference maker right if they get evan ingram makes a fingertip catch to get a big first down to set up a field goal in you know in a game in in uh in november you never know what happens yeah but i think i think it's reasonable to expect they're on the graphics sometime in november
3: and with that that's seven to eight wins which yeah. would be a obviously huge jump from and where if the, the ball was. bounces
1: your way you recover a fumble and kick a late field goal yeah I mean, You just don't know how it goes. Mm -hmm.
3: All right, let's go to Orange Park, Florida. Jr. what areas of the roster will management look to bolster per trades or pickups during the preseason?
0: Yeah, I I answered this question in text, and I kind of gave Jr. a little grief. Um, uh, You know, you don't really bolster or improve very much in the preseason. I I understand the question. I don't know that there's any obvious – Glaring areas. I could see them maybe addressing reserve safety here. You always look for offensive line. But, Brian, I don't really see any areas of the roster that uh, are glaring in terms of, boy, they've got to go out and pick up somebody's cast off to get a starter at this point. Right. Um, Which we've seen this
1: team have to do in recent
0: yeah, years. Yeah. And, you know, could they do that at running back if. Somehow the health of the main two aren't quite there, I guess. But I, I think they've got the roster not to where it needs to be. <coughs> Excuse me. But I think it's going the direction they want it to go so that I don't think they're necessarily looking to patch holes at this point. Injuries might cause something like this.
1: So I looked at it through a little different lens. Because uh, like you, you, meet, you start looking at guys they brought in, and they, they've really done a nice job across the roster of improving. I'm looking from 45 to 53, right? So the bottom of the roster, where guys come in like uh, Nick Sorensen did when he was a player, right? And and help your special teams. These are the guys that you count on. You're looking to find a guy who can be a gunner for you and make a big play. You're always churning the bottom third of your roster. Um, I and I'm not trying to say that the roster's so complete that it's you know it's only the last seven or eight guys. But you're always looking for a guy who makes a difference on special teams, Mm -hmm. especially when it appears you're going to have a new kicker this year, right? So I would say the bottom of the roster, the last eight spots, are guys that you're hoping to come in and raise the level of your special teams performance.
3: That makes sense. And that is Ozone Snapshot. When we come back on the Jaguars Digital Network, some closing thoughts. Stay with us. The Jaguars are future-focused and ready for a new look in 2022. Join us at the bank this season as head coach Doug Peterson and quarterback Trevor Lawrence lead the charge. To lock in your seats, visit jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. Back for one more segment on Jaguars drive time. The Jaguars have it where one OTA per week is open. So next Tuesday, we will be back on the practice field, meaning drive time will be next Wednesday. Breaking news. New episode of The Hunt comes out this Thursday. A tease is going out on social media tonight. and. Very excited! That is the last chapter of the hunt this season. Awesome job to our Jaguars production team and Max and Trent. It's it's a really cool episode looking back at the draft and really great access. And so
1: much work goes into putting that on. Yeah, I mean, it, it. What is it? Seven, eight, ten minutes. I mean, and it it takes weeks and days and hours of planning and execution. It's fantastic.
3: It is very eye opening. How much? And also, work it look takes. for
0: my story this week, uh, Ashland on Wednesday on uh, Jaguars. Defensive end Josh Allen he talks about some of his goals and thoughts for the coming year. It's pretty good.
3: Love that. Nice tease, John. Thank I'll you. be sure to tune in. Like we said, drive time next Wednesday. We will see you there. Stay with us on Jaguars.com all weekend long. We will see you next week. See you next week.